Money FM 89.3, best of the breakfast huddle. Mind your business with the breakfast huddle only on Money FM 89.3. Money FM 89.3. Thanks for joining us on The Breakfast Huddle. Bharati Jagdish and Ryan Huang with you. I guess it's no secret that Asian consumers are adopting new technology rapidly in ways that, of course, have and continue to disrupt and transform the way we work, live, play and move. All of this, of course, accelerated by COVID-19 and the fact that I think generally Asians are highly adaptable mm. digital consumers, aren't we? It's a big market variety and mm. we are talking about the Asia-Pacific consumer tech market amounting to over $250 billion. And this is going to a report, uh, Sync Southeast Asia report by Facebook, Bain and company and mm. they estimate there'll be 350 million digital consumers in the region by the end of this year. So quite a lot to look at and of course expect in innovation. Mm, huge numbers there. Yeah, I'm quite impressed by that actually. When you put it down to numbers, that is massive. Uh, now WGSN, the world's leading consumer trend forecaster, recently announced the launch of its new consumer tech vertical. The asset is designed to help brands and marketers in Asia decode what the future of consumer tech holds, better predict their customers' needs and innovate and create meaningful consumer-first products and experiences catered to Asian consumers. So they get the data and then they know exactly what to do. And I think in many cases, they'll know what you want before even you know what you want. (laughs) (laughs) So let's find out what's the next big thing from Lisa Yong. She is the Director for Consumer Tech at WGS. And morning, Lisa. How are you doing? Or rather, good evening where you are right now in Silicon Valley. Thank you. Good morning to you both. I'm really excited to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Let's start first uh, with laying the context of what WGSN is all about. You recently announced you've got a new consumer vertical. Tell us more. What are we looking at here? Okay. So WGSN is a global trend forecasting company that helps brands navigate change to create a better future. So our vertical consumer tech is actually brand new. We just launched in August this year and we are really excited to have the opportunity to innovate with purpose and teach our clients how to do that. I know that uh, you have several verticals, including fashion, tech, other sorts of things as well. Uh, The thing is, Mm -hmm. was I right in saying that uh, your job is to know what I want before even I know it? Uh, Yes, and more, I suppose. (laughs) I think my job is really to try to simplify the complexity of the tech world, really understanding the tech universe, Mm -hmm. and really making it accessible and making sense of it so that you're not intimidated by technology but be inspired by it. Mm. Some might say it's also a bit of an inception thing, yeah? You show it to me through various methods, uh, including the subliminal, and convince consumers they need it, and then tell companies this is what consumers will need in the coming years. Uh, But this, I believe, would be a very useful tool for businesses uh, to know where the trends are heading so that they can design their products and services around it. Could you perhaps give us an overview in this context of the consumer tech sphere in the Asian region specifically? Yeah, I think within the aging sphere, it's really not that different from what's happening around the world because I feel like there is a lot of uh, accessibility and awareness um, and most advanced economies around the world are exposed to similar tech innovations 
And there are also comparable models of tech investment and startup accelerators, whether you're in San Francisco, Singapore, Shanghai, or Stockholm. So there is a lot of buzz right now around home automation and robotics, for example, or even AI-enabled smart systems, you know, autonomous vehicles, uh, metaverse, you know, NFT, mm. that sort of thing that is making the news. That's not so different from region to region because we're all exposed to it at the same time. And I think the acceleration of tech adoption around the world during the pandemic has certainly uh, leveled the playing field, if you will. Yeah, Lisa, we talk about a lot of things um, in terms of the innovation front. And you mentioned the metaverse. That's a very interesting concept because it's all about going into a digital world where you can interact with other people with their digital forms and buy virtual things, property items, and so on and so forth. Uh, I'm just wondering, has COVID-19 helped to embrace that kind of concept? Because with Zoom meetings and remote working and so on and so forth, that really brings about a new mindset. Absolutely. I think because of the lockdown, I mean, it's not just one region problem or a one country problem, right? Everyone is in the same boat, basically, because of the pandemic. And due to that, we're also hanging on and relying on technology to get us through this difficult period. It's really unprecedented. I think it's also on a very global level that it affects everybody. So when you're in the lockdown, um, you just need to be connected to the rest of the world through technology, through online media. So I think the metaverse has propelled in a lot of ways because of this fascination with virtual worlds, because your real world is not really optimal right now, right? Mm. So metaverse is really a, a more an interesting way of looking at a spatial internet, right? Whatever you can do with the internet right now, with the age of you know advanced technology like VR, AR, you can do more. And like you said, you know, there's an opportunity to create a world beyond the one that you know. So you can kind of dream a little bit and fantasize a little bit and be less depressed, I suppose. Mm. Earlier, you mentioned that, you know, it is kind of expected that there would be higher interest and adoption rates as well, whether across Asia or any other region, because we've all sort of been exposed to the same types of Mm -hmm. news and literature about developments in the tech scene, right? But I am sure there are differences in terms of the rate of adoption or uh, in terms of the finer points of what they would like out of technology and specific products. Based on what you do, you're probably already providing businesses with some of these insights. Give me a few specific examples uh, that might make us go, wow, you know, we didn't quite know that yet and we're waiting to experience it. I think think most distinctive at this point, I think in, in Asia, is the really rapid adoption of digital ecosystems. You know, um, whether it's, you know, this whole craze about TikTok, it started in China, right? Um, and then it spread around the world. I think it's also coupled with the fact that there's just so many more smartphone users and internet people being online in Asia more than anywhere in, in, in the world. So this whole digital first lifestyle and solutions, um, I feel like it has propelled a lot more in, the, in Asia than the rest of the world. What else can prove useful right now to help brands and marketers in Asia uh, to take the next steps in this very, very rapidly changing environment? 
I think we have to understand that the past 18 months have been quite unusual for everybody. And um, the consumer's relationship with technology has certainly um, transformed as well. And we have to learn that new behaviors learned um, will also affect how consumers will uh, want to buy the next big thing, right? So it's really trying to understand these new behaviors. How do brands or companies come to realize that they have to understand the challenges ahead, look at their existing business models, and then um, try to find a way to meet these emerging needs and that I think consumers will expect them to address in one way or another. So because of this digital-first lifestyle that we are all used to right now, I think brands in this space that have rose up to the challenge would be in a really good position to even, you know, start new trends in the region. Mm. Can you give us some specific examples of what new trends ought to be informing their strategies at this point? I think there's so many new trends. I mean, a lot of the technology that you see right now, it didn't just happen overnight. It just needed the time to come to the fore and and be relevant in people's lives, right? So as long as we can dream about it, you know, technology will make it happen. You know, we'll, have, we'll always have the, the next shiny thing. But I think fundamentally, technology might be magnificent, but it has to con- connect back to the human aspect of why we need it in the first place. Uh, it has to be uh, useful and meaningful. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's one thing to talk about, okay, what is new, what is current trends, but ultimately it's the human aspect of it that is more important as trend forecasters watching the space, how it evolves. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. You are based in the US. You're a Singaporean, though. Perhaps you could share with us your observations that might actually skew perceptions or strategies based on cultural preferences of consumers going forward. Yeah, I think understanding consumer preferences is more important than calling out arbitrary differences, right? I mean, Going beyond just East and West, it's really the contextual um, references and preferences that makes it important and makes it more valuable. So we're always driven by these different types of influences, whether we have relationships with ourselves, our, our friends, our communities, and the environment, and that they form part of this evolution of who the consumer, the future consumer could be. So from my perspective of someone growing up in the East and then having the opportunity to work in the West, it's really observing all these very subtle cultural preferences, but put them into context of who you're designing for, which region you're designing for. Because like I mentioned at at the top of the hour, it's like really, you know, there's really not much of a distinction of people knowing one trend over another, the advantage is really not there anymore. But it's what's most important is the cultural context mm. of how these are manifested. Yeah. Yep. How they use your product, when they use it. It's a lot about ethnography as well, isn't it? Thank you so much, Lisa. Lisa yeah. Young, Director of Consumer Tech at WGSN. Thanks for joining us on Money FM 89.3. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.